Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe Diverge. And I'm Chris Atfield, back um, west of the Mason-Dixon line. Yes. No longer in Maine. You, you, are, long- you are no longer a New Englander, Chris. You are, you are, you are back among us. Uh, right now you're in, uh, you're in Buckeye territory. And um, Athens, Ohio. You're in Athens, Ohio now, but you know, you were, you're here in town um, for the, the, you know, the game over the weekend, which we'll talk about plenty. What, what's, uh, what was the, the, the first thing you did when you got back to Louisville? What was like the, I missed this thing that you got out of the way. First thing I went to um, was river road. And then I just drove river road. I don't know. It's a really odd thing to do. I didn't go eat many special places. I did get Joella's, um, which is always nice. Okay. Um, I did go to roosters, which, you know, is roosters. Um, and did you then see I went Chris Mack there? Did you see Chris? I didn't Mack? see, I didn't see Chris Mack there. I was hoping I could see Chris Mack there, but see um, anyone of interest, anyone in <laughs> no, just, you know, Dixie highway, just, um, just, just yeah. the dudes out there. Went to Churchill Downs to do that. Um, that was great. Mm-hmm. I did some quintessential Louisville things, which is nice. But um, my next trip down there will be more of uh, soaking it in. And this time kind of just felt like a blur. I had people to see yeah. a lot of things to do. Um, you did. You, you did. You did get a lot done. I wasn't able to see you for the game. Um, I'll be back down for Jack Harlow. You'll be back down for, you know, I'm going to sneak in under like a, a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> um, for that concert to look forward to seeing you there. Um, but <laughs> no, uh, it's, you know, it's been quite a time. It's, it's quite a time Louisville athletics. Um, and we're going to talk about it or, you know, I think, I think off the top it would probably be respectful of us, Chris, if we, you know, we sent our condolences uh, to Scott Satterfield and his family, obviously um, it was announced. He, he lost his father, found out he, he lost his dad about an hour before um, the Louisville Kentucky game. I, as I told you, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm shocked that he, he didn't, he didn't just, you know, take a step back. I don't think anyone, yeah. I don't think anyone would have faulted him for that. So I, you know, I respect him for, for coming out and doing that. And, you know, we did a, we did a Twitter space, um, after the game, uh, we were obviously pretty miffed and I, I, you know, I, I kind of want to say, I said several times I was, you know, really frustrated by, you know, some of the things he was saying in the post game and it sounded like he was, you know, he was going through some other things. So, you know, I didn't post that for that reason. Cause I thought, you know, might've been the best thing to do. And uh, you never know what people are going through, obviously. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to be critical of Scott Satterfield. Um, but, you know, I don't want to criticize his response to the loss, given that he was dealing with other things. Um, so. Sure. I think a lot of it makes more, uh, a lot more sense. Now. A lot of it uh, makes a lot more sense. So I, I in the circumstances I, for sure. Definitely don't want to, you know, you know, Obviously, you know, the, the job on the field um, wasn't to our, what we, what we'd love, um, but, you know, off the field, he's, um, you know, he's definitely been a, a great ambassador for, for yeah. Louisville. So we'll, we'll, I think we can successfully separate the two. As I well. think we can separate the two. So we'll definitely be doing that. Um, anything else before we, you know, before we get this thing started? No, man. Um, actually, there is one thing. This is a very odd transition. Please, but please. Is there any reason why? In 2021, the ESPN GameCast is as bad as it is for college basketball. ESPN's like apps in general are terrible. Wow. Utterly ES- garbage. Watch ESPN's pretty solid. It, it has some w- weird hiccups on the okay. Apple TV. I'll say that. But the scoreboard, I don't understand like at all how GameCast can just stop and 
it says the scores like 22, 26 at the top, but then you look down at the actual play by play and it's like the scores 48, 40, and it's just stopped giving updates for an entire game. Like how does that happen when you're, you're ESPN? I'm very confused. It, it doesn't make much sense to me. I, it, it, so much of this. No, you're right. I think yes, they've done a great job with, with ESPN plus watch ESPN. I think those are the things that are making them money right now. Uh, so that it seems like their website, like naturally, the reasons why people visit their website the most would just be to check a score. Right. Right. And it's, it's like, it's never good. I, I, I it, the, the fantasy app does like something incredibly weirdly different. Like every year I got super mad this year because uh, everyone in my high school league got really mad when we realized yeah, tell me about this, <laughs> that when you had to, uh, when you like say that you're interested in a player, like, like you just kind of add them to your watch list. In the past, you kind of just can put them on this little list and you can go back and reference it. It's like, oh, I'm going to keep my eye on this player if I wanted to go trade for him or maybe I'm interested in, uh, you know, um, you know, si- you know, signing them and on the waivers or free agent, et cetera, et cetera. And this year they decided, ESPN decided that they were going to let everyone know that you did that. <laughs> And you're absolutely doing nothing, ESPN. Thank you. And so I had a guy, a buddy who was just like, hey, uh, why did you say you're interested in this guy? I was like, oh, I'm just keeping an eye on him because I thought I might want to trade him later. And he's like, yeah, well, that's not happening. I might get rid of him. I was like, oh, thanks, you know. And now this person knows that I've been interested from the start of the season. So I'm not going to pursue that trade, even if it's like worthwhile for me. You know, I can get screwed over by that. Um, so, yeah, no, ESPN, they the things they're only care about the things they're making money on, which are, um, you know, the ESPN plus stuff right now and the insider and, you know, college football uh, programming and NBA programming. So they're just not going to put forth the things that they're not making money on, which is they're uh, not getting, (laughs) they're not getting any EPL rights or anything like that. Are they? No, they're not getting NBC kept all of those rights. Um, I was trying to think what there's, there's been rumors for other things. The MLS rights are up and there's a a bunch of rumors that I'm sure there will be a lot of bargaining for that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see, you know, I, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> well um i know we have plenty to talk about obviously you know this football game and and plenty of fun basketball stuff uh so yeah let's let's hit the intro let's get to it coming to you from inside the waterson expressway Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. it's the only podcast that misses cahoots this is what high school did you go to with your hosts chris hatfield and gabe diverge and we're back chris um, as I mentioned, you know, uh, it, it was a, a tough weekend uh, for, for the Louisville Cardinals um, as as they were they were basically humiliated um, in a loss uh, to Kentucky. I, I don't even have the, the score in front of me. I don't know. if There's no need to. There's no need to record. Everyone knows. Um, I'm sure a lot of folks who listened or listening now. Um, we're, you know, we're in on our, um, our Twitter spaces, which went really well. Thanks to everyone for, for hopping in that. Um, you know, I think, you know, we're recording this on a Tuesday night, Chris. So I think a lot of people have kind of had some time to digest it. Um, you know, what, um, what, is there anything, you know, you're still thinking about any kind of takeaways you're, you're still thinking about before we get into the larger questions of the Louisville fan base of the Louisville football program, part of it, <laughs> or, um, you know, what, what, you know, what disappointed you or, or things you're still thinking about? I don't know, man. I mean, 
some of the stuff about you see some of the pictures. I know Mark has posted the picture of like the quarterback run that Will Levis had. Yeah. Um, and I've seen a few people mention the same thing. And that's probably what's sticking to me the most is that was the most like Craig Thorpean thing you kind of thought of when you see stuff like that, where guys are blatantly lined up in the wrong position. Right. You know, I remember being at Utah and Louisville, um, his second season, I guess. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, those situations where there's just a wide out out there and there's nobody guarding him. Those are the type of things that you kind of recall when you see something like that. Um, so, you know, those are the things that are sticking heavy in my mind outside of that. Nothing really. I just, Louisville was physically dominated, um, from beginning to end and beat by a much better team. So, you know, there's nothing really much more to say than that. Um, that's kind of it, you know, that, that, the, the whole like situational stuff and guys just being lined up in completely wrong position is, you know, that's what's really sticking in my mind. Definitely. And, and we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about Scott Satterfield, of course, and such, but it, it's just, an, you know, you know, he, he's coached in two of these games where it, it just feels like they just weren't ready. Um, yeah, and they weren't together. And I, I think there was a lot of thought in Louisville fans minds over the last week or so. Um, the last week or so that, you know, they were going to, you know, maybe last season, the flu thing was a bigger deal than they maybe expected. Um, and, or that, you know, was kind of like thought about and they don't want to use it as an excuse, you know, kind of making an opportunity, you know, opening up the opportunity that these two teams were closer than we had imagined. Um, and I think, um, you know, Kentucky just dominated for all 48 minutes, just, just, or for all 60 minutes. And it's, it's, um, it it was absolutely never a question, never a question from them. Um, and it kind of harkened back to in the post game and I'm not going to take away much from the post game again, um, for stuff that we've already previously mentioned. Also, somehow Indiana has managed to go. I, to I know I've just been like having that in the Syracuse. corner of my eye. <laughs> I don't know how that just happened, but uh, that yeah. just happened. <laughs> they, they missed a free throw on purpose and Trace Jackson Davis got the rebound, got fouled. And that's happening. Nice melt from Syracuse here. Uh, but, you know, he's, he had the little comment about, well, we've been close in every game except the, the two SEC opponents we've we face. Yeah. And those are the, those are the type of little comments that he's made throughout the year where I, I wonder if he's really in touch and in tune with the fan base, because that's not something you should say as a Louisville football coach. Even if you think those things, you probably shouldn't say them out loud. Right. Uh, SEC opponents that that's not what they want to hear. Um, goes back to, you know, saying, had the comments about playing on Friday night and how he thought that was reserved for high school football teams. And totally ignoring the fact that Louisville football made their identity by playing week weekday nights. Yes. Yes. And little stuff like that. Um, the same comments are basically blatantly saying that he didn't really understand Kentucky Louisville rivalry. I've thought a lot about in the last few days of how I really kind of feel like Scott Satterfield doesn't identify with the city of Louisville or the program of Louisville and how that's affected him. I'm, I'm kind of writing whether it's valid or not whether he coaches next year or not, I'm kind of writing a Scott Satterfield postmortem in my head and (laughs) trying to figure out the exact point of where it went wrong and why it went wrong. Because I I still maintain that I do think Scott Satterfield is a decent to to good football coach. And I'm trying to kind of wrap around in my head to why it didn't work here or why I feel like it's definitely inevitably not going to work here. 
And those are the things that I've thought about a lot here lately. No, I, I saw that tweet, you know, you said, you said, and I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. It's just, it's never outside. I mean, obviously that first season, but in every moment since that first season, it just, um, it just hasn't felt like a fit. It just, you know, just, it just all the little things. I mean, even losing, even losing to Kentucky that first season, since, since they lost to Kentucky just hasn't felt a fit Satterfield complaining about the L's down. It's just, yeah. it hasn't felt right since. And yes, you're always, you're, it's always easier when the dude's winning, but I mean, the, the dude won all of those one possession games, what are, you know, it, it, it was, it was so I mean, close. I, I, I said it and I don't want to like, make it a big deal because this is the kind of situation a lot of college football coaches approach the same way, but the comments about BLM and Breonna Taylor and what happened here were never enough. Right. And you know, that, that is something I don't want to hearken on too much because a college coach's politics or their, their beliefs shouldn't dictate how good of a college football coach they are. But to me personally, it kind of bothered me because you know, you're in the epicenter of where all this stuff's going on. Exactly. And basically your comments were, we're not trying to be political here. You know, they, they did wear the BLM on the back of their helmets. Yeah. And, and that was happening, but his comments were never enough in a situation like that. And again, I don't know how big of a deal I want to make that. It is just another part of the puzzle of all these. No things. question. You know what I mean? No question. It's it's you know it like but, it, it, but right. yeah I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you it just you're kind of saying the same thing as me it's never felt like a fit it's never felt quite right it's never felt quite right it, you know he want he the South Carolina thing it just he wants that's, he that's wants another part of that home. you know he wants to be closer to home and you know I think you know what happened you know what's happening obviously happening with his family like me you know his family's older, you know, his parents are older and, uh, you know, it sounds, it sounds like his, you know, both of his parents haven't been in the best health, you know, in the past year or so. And that's maybe been part of the reason why he wanted to go back. Um, and, you know, I, I understand that I have sympathy with that, but you know, he's a guy who just, it was a question when he left, I, it, you know, I, I really do wonder, I really, it's such an interesting sliding door moment because so many people thought, Satterfield to UNC was like a slam dunk. Like, it's just like, yeah, that's like, no, not no question. That's like exactly who they should call. And then they just do the Mac Brown thing. And it just, it, it, there was so much of a level to me, even when we meant when we made the hire and I thought this was a positive for Louisville. Uh, this is a guy who his dream job, he just got passed over for his dream job. And now he's going to work his ass off to prove those guys every day that they were wrong and passing him up. Sure. And I, I, I think I might even said it on this podcast and, and just like a hundred percent felt like that was, that was the, the path that was, that was a good thing for Louisville to, to go through um, and, and to have on their side. And it's, it's felt like a, a weakness. It's, it's felt like a weakness in a hundred ways. Um, and I, I, we can talk a little bit more about like the, the TikTok now where we are with Satterfield Um I mean, I think if you've listened this long, you probably know both of us are in the camp of it is absolutely the time to make a move. Um, and, you know, I just think it hasn't worked out and me, you know, there's maybe an opportunity for him to go back close to home. If that's what he's very, you know, what, what would be better for him? Um, yeah, I just, 
you know, I just think it's worthwhile trying to pinpoint the moment it, it kind of all went wrong. And I I guess because it was unanimous locally, it was met, you know, when he was hired kind of lukewarm, I feel like there were some people that were all about it. There were some people that were not, I think lukewarm is the best classification of how things went, but nationally highly regarded everywhere. Everyone said Scott Satterfield is going to be great at Louisville. It's a great fit. He'll work out well. Everyone said the same thing because, you know, maybe they liked the dude. Maybe they actually knew. I I don't know. His App State teams were great. App State has a pretty good culture of being a good football team before Scott Satterfield and after Scott Satterfield. That doesn't play a part. Mm -hmm. But you can't just look. You know, the South Carolina thing may have made it unattainable for fans, but – I don't know the moment where that kind of changed things in the football field because the first season was great. I mean, it was really, really fun. It was really, really fun. (laughs) And then, you know, I went to the Wake Forest game in Winston-Salem and they won that game 63 or 67 or whatever the hell that game, the scoring was. You didn't really care about anything. You just knew they won the game and you had some other moments that season. What did they win? Seven games, eight games. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, the season happens with COVID. And now you have this where you, you're constantly, repeatedly dominated by your in-state rival. And nothing feels fun anymore. It just seemed like it happened so quick. I don't know how it, how it happened that way. I guess it's just like it's a culture of everything. It's, you know, <laughs> some of the people when Bobby Petrino left were pretty a- adamant that there were talent left in the program. Right. I think Scott Satterfield utilized that. Yeah. To me, still says that kind of points to him being a good coach somewhere, maybe not mobile, but some type of good coach. If he sees talent, he can utilize it. But maybe it's recruiting. I, I don't know. It's just it, it's a worthwhile thing for me to kind of it's something I'll continue to think about going forward is why it didn't work here and how the next coach that they hire, which you and I believe it's inevitable, even if it's this year, next year, two years from now, we think it's coming. Mm-hmm. how they can avoid a similar, you know, doom, I guess, because we're in a situation now where there's been two back-to-back coaches that have felt it will. Right. You can't have a third one because you have a third one. You just become a program that's forgotten. So, you know, that's, that's something I'm thinking about a lot. No, you're absolutely right. And, and, and it's such a difficult situation because uh, there's there's all of these different figures at play. I mean, I, we've both heard Chris. You know, money's money appears to be an issue. Money appears to be a problem. Um, you know, I, I think uh, you know as much as people want to joke about you know Vince Tyree being a UK um, spy and you know infiltrator, et cetera. I mean, it, it's. I, I don't think you need me to tell you, listener, that. Um, when Tom Jurich left, he took some of the biggest money in the city with him and, 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 um, some of the biggest donors to the university, you know, there's a reason why, you know, everything related to Louisville city, um, is belongs to one name. Um, <laughs> if you, you know, if you want to put those puzzle pieces together, um, and you haven't heard as much from, from those folks around L stuff anymore, um, you know, you, you, 
the, the, some of the biggest, the hardest hitters and, you know, the whole Papa John's thing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, they're just not, they're not along for the ride anymore. And I think it's, it's much harder when you start doing the math. I think someone did the math somewhere. It's like, you know, Satterfield would be owed if you buy him out now, it'd be owed like 7.5 million. I think they may, they're making the last payment this either this month or next month before the end of the year for, for Petrino. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, if you want to go buy out someone, it's going to be another, what, $5 million you're going to have to pay. It's, it's not ideal. You know, I do think it's important to say though, that money may be a thing, but when you say that you're not saying that Louisville doesn't have the money to make these decisions. Right. You're saying that Louisville has to think harder about yes. these fiscal responsibilities Yes, because you, you have to weigh basically, you know, is the hit of 16, 17K average at your games next season, is that better than paying Scott Satterfield no, the buyout? I, I was about to say that. That's, I was that's the conversation that. here, right? I, w- I was about to say that. I, 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 I'm of the belief that I think the issue, it, you've got to stop the bleeding, Chris. you got to stop the bleeding, like you said. You know, like, like you said, Louisville can't go with three straight bad head coaches, but I think – we talk all of the time. I had a, a really good conversation with a friend from, you know, that we went to UofL together about the lost generation, about the, mm-hmm. the fans that we're, we're losing out on with every one of these seasons in both sports that are just issues. You know, we even more in football, we're, even more in football right now. I mean, I think the basketball team, you know, we'll talk about this basketball team and, and I think there's opportunities, but I would just say football more because basketball feel like it's always going to have a certain type of. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I I, I get what you're saying, but you know, you're talking about the kids, you know, you and I, we remember going up, we showed up on those Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights for Friday nights. We showed up to those games, the kids now that they're coming Saturdays and it's empty and they're losing to Clemson in the fourth quarter. They're losing to Kentucky by 40 points. It's, it's um, you know, no one's there. the, The fan base of that age group, that most formative time from the ages of like eight to 18, when you're just, that's all you care about is Louisville sports. You know, you don't really have that much other stuff on your mind. Um, they're not that we're losing a whole generation of fans right now. And it's, it's heartbreaking. It's terrible. I, I hate it. Um, and I, I think the only way to fix this is to find it. it I'm not saying, you know, they have to make a great next hire, but Scott Satterfield next year bringing, you know, 10 to 15,000 people a game to Cardinal stadium is just, you're asking for another year of this being a problem. Yeah. And I mean, say conservatively, you have 65% of the fan base out right now. Right. I think that's a conservative number. I'd say that's probably closer to 75, 80%, but we'll say 65%. What percentage of that is coming back in the off season? 5%. 10%. Mm-hmm. I mean, there. That the thing with me is that the people that are out right now, you know, there's always going to be that middling pair that, you know, they go win the bowl game. They're going to be back in whatever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's a larger and larger percentage of people that are out now that are not only out now that are going to be out yeah. going forward. Whether this guy goes and wins seven games, you're going to fire a football coach in Louisville if they won seven games. Mm-hmm. Like those are tough decisions that he Tyler may have to make in the future that are kind of uncharted territories because people aren't just going to buy back in regardless of what happens going forward here. Exactly. I mean, 
I think that's a big part of the situation. You have a pretty light schedule next year. I don't have it in front of me, but I know it's a light schedule next year. I know you play South Florida out of conference. Um, I know you play some other bum out of conference, James Madison or somebody like that. I, I, I got you. I got you. Give me just. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you're, you're, you play at USF at home, you or at UCF at home, USF at home, James Madison um, at Kentucky are the out of conference games. Um, yeah. And then your ACC you, schedule is not very dev. No, you get uh pit is the crossover opponent you get at home. And then, of course, at Clemson, you host Florida State, you host Wake Forest and NC State. Yeah. So, I mean, you have a light schedule next year, a light home schedule of games that aren't really going to fill the stadium because you don't get Clemson at home. You don't get Kentucky at home. Those are, That's kind of my point. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have to kind of make that fiscal decision to say what you're going to kind of do here because, you know, the clock's ticking. I do think I don't really know how I feel about Jeff Brown. I'll be completely honest with you. I'll 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 have the hot take of not having a strong opinion one way or another. But I do think, you know, if he were to be hired in the immediate sense, he would fill seats. Right. You can say that you can say that pretty strongly. He would get in-state recruits. You said today when we were talking that you think the recruiting class would kind of suck regardless of what happened going forward. I don't even agree with that. I think Jeff Brom could come in and make some instant impact and get some big name guys and build some excitement if you hired him and and kind of did that. Now going forward, I don't know what type of coach he's going to be. If you want to bring up a Purdue record, I I think it's totally valid. I right. do not have an opinion on the guy strong one way or another. That's how I feel. But I still think there's an opportunity there to generate some excitement if you make a move. That's the name. That's the name that would generate excitement. Hundred percent. That's the guy that if if you if you hired someone tomorrow, um, and, and Louisville, you know, you can play that. You can play the the XFL uh, promo wrestling promo over and over and over. He can reenact it in a Louisville uniform. Um, fans would go absolutely nuts to have one of their own around. No question about it. Brian Brown probably as your as your offensive coordinator, like it. it Right. Sign me up for that. Sign me up. I'm not, I, I'm with you on not being sure about him as an actual college coach that can do the big things that I think people in Louisville would love to one day do in the ACC and nationally. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you, but yeah, definitely uh, at the very least he's, he's going to put a, you know, an injection of life, you know, um, an adrenaline shot right into the heart of this fan base. You, you cannot deny that in the slightest. It's going to be super interesting. So what is, I mean, what else is on your mind? I'm I've kind of <laughs> dominate the conversation a little bit. What well, else have you been thinking about? I have been thinking, I, I don't, I, I sort of went on this rant. I, I sort of went on this rant on, um, in the spaces I have, been, I don't want to chide people. I don't want to chide fans, but I, I, I am like, I'm still like, I'm still thinking so much about the media part of this, Chris. I'm still, I think you should be. I, I, I'm thinking about some of the people, some of the people who've been the loudest in the last couple of days about this, who were just obscenely like sillily um, 
just caping for this dude and caping for assistant coaches who give them access. Um, It's, you know, we talked about this, you and I, and, and, you know, this is just like a purely college sports thing is you want to protect your guys so you can keep getting access. You know, so much of this, you know, coverage of this business is of the, of these sports and these teams is subscription based. And like, it's just been so funny to see dudes like, like, I, I, I don't know, man, it's been out there, but just like, you know, dunking on dudes like, you know, Jody Devling and just like, yo, like you didn't see, you've been saying nothing negative. Like you've said only positive things about the situation. And here we go. And we've got, um, we've got Watkins tra- transferring and, and you just straight up said that wasn't going to be the case. And like four hours ago, um, I mean, I, I can't, I can't imagine how, so there's either two scenarios here. There's either that the guy has kissed so much ass to be first on, I don't know, breaking if a player is going to be out for the season for a torn ACL, which nothing, nobody really even cares about if you're the first to say it. Like it's all out there that he's still wrong. Or my man is out here publicly doing pro bono PR for Scott Satterfield when nobody else in the fan base wants to protect him anymore. Like both of those are equally funny and they're just sad, man, because like people anymore, 60, 70% of the time I read something on the internet. I don't even know if I'm getting the true opinion of what people think anymore. Like it all feels so cut from a different place i just want to know what's on your mind man i just want some commentary you know you want to cover recruiting and that stuff like that i appreciate that news not really my thing but obviously tons of people out there appreciate that but at the same time when push comes to shove and you're in some critical moments with the program it's time to just keep it real dude yeah like just just tell me what's going on if you if you do support scott i mean that's fine I don't agree with it, but at least I know it's coming from a legitimate place. Right. And right now, like so much of the stuff that's out there, doesn't feel like any of it's just legitimate. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what I, where I've been at, like you have been a lot more pretty much fire in the hole on Scott Satterfield <laughs> than, than I have. I've been back and forth. I've never really been a, fan of the guy throughout the entire season, but I've went back and forth. I thought it was mightily impressive how his teams have kind of fought back when they lost, they lost to Clemson the way they did, how they didn't quit because so often you see that happen across college football and that didn't happen with football. I thought that said something about Scott Satterfield, but then again, you kind of have the same instance against Kentucky. So it's impossible to defend that. And now you have guys that are finally quitting because they are transferring the program. They're actually finally doing it. So you know, I'll tell you where I'm at. I'm, I definitely, I want the guy gone. We both feel the same way, but I have been more wishy-washy than you have been about it. And so many other people, I just feel like every time we're just not getting the legitimate, you know, the legitimate opinion. I'm just yeah. yelling, yelling and ranting to say the same thing over and over. So it's whatever. No, 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 but it's right. It's like, a, I mean, Indiana has 25 turnovers, 25. And they're going to win this basketball game. It's a double overtime game game and they may win it, but they have 25 turnovers. That's kudos to you, Indiana. Oh man. It's, um, it's from a media perspective. I'm sorry. It's just, just, it it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't like we're just doing a disservice. We're doing a disservice to fans. And I, I think this fan base deserves, 
they've been through so much. We've been through so much with all this NCAA stuff with the Bobby Petrino one and two um, with all the issues. Like I just, we don't have to be, we don't have to play the same game. We don't have to be the same way they act in Lexington. We have to act the same way that they act in Austin or Norman. Or I think that's the thing that annoys me so much is that the fan base has been through so much bullshit. Why are we still doing this? Why, why are we lending ourselves in? Like, it, sure. Being friends with the coaches is fun and is fun. Getting the access is fun, but just at the end of the day, the so many of the folks who, who do this every day, they're fans. And, you know, it shouldn't be the guys. It shouldn't like, like, so many little fans like hate Tim Sullivan. We we love Tim Sullivan. <laughs> I love Tim Sullivan because he keeps Sullivan. it real. He keeps it real, and sometimes he keeps it real and keeps it, keeping it real goes real wrong a lot. Um, <laughs> um, but like, come on, dude! Like, it's just like he's he's the best. Like he he's never going to tell you nothing that comes out of his mouth is ever going to be like a straight up lie or something that's said in the operative in the to be, to be an operative for someone else. Yeah. And I, I, every single other person does it to some degree. Well, let's some not say every, well, let's not, not say every, every single person. Let's every, say a lot single. of people do uh, the yeah. majority of people. I, I, not every single person. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about, you know, anything that we're hearing right now. Um, I do think in the last Maybe today, I, I think right now Lola's trying to, you know, do the the kind of give respect to Scott Satterfield um, and kind of let him step away from football for a few days as they yeah. rightly should. Yeah. Um, why he's dealing with this whole situation with his family. But I do think in the last 24 hours that there, there has been more of a, you know, momentum, if you want to say, to make a move. It's really, really difficult to separate what's real and what's not real and these situations because there's so much stuff out there. But I, I think now, um, you know, Vince Tyra does know he really has a decision to make. I'm not sure he understood that going forward before the UK game, that if we, he would be put in this situation to where, you know, he's like, Hey, I really have, you know, a decision to make one way or another. I have to say something. Mm-hmm. I think he's aware of that now. And, you know, I think there's going to be some conversations in the next few weeks. I would be watching pretty key on, you know, we had Jordan Watkins enter the transfer portal today. Um, I think the decision of Malik Cunningham is very imperative to, you know, what happens next. There's a lot of other players that are kind of rumored to be out there. Uh, So that's probably something I'll be keeping my eye on in the next few days. But at the same time, you know, if Louisville's going to make a move here, they have to they have to move pretty quickly, relatively right. quickly. Right. Like Syracuse is actually going to win here. Uh, this game has been bonkers. One hundred seven to one hundred two. One hundred four. Gabe, you got anything else to add on that? No, I I, I want to point to the point that you mentioned. I, you know, if there's that, it seems like the pressure is mounting. I mean, we we were joking before we started talking that um that you know. Uh, it, that it's that that Tyre made that tweet about the Comcast deal, and then yeah, like really if you, strange. If it, it, that was what a weird thing to tweet at this time, and like the way he says, like oh, more of the things that like Cardination wants, and then every single comment is just like this isn't like we want a change in the football program, we want to stop losing the UK, we want to get recruits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
I've never seen, uh, I've never seen like a tweet, like, I, I mean, I have, but like, it, it was a, it was a pretty big self-own if you ask me. Um, I, I, I still feel, I still like Vince Tyree. I, I, I do. Um, I think all of the, the conspiracy theories are hogwash and, um, but that was a self-own and kind of walked into that one. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I just did not. Pete, get- Pete Thomas just did tweet local quarterbacks coach. He just tweeted a bunch of eyes out and like an emoji, like they're going to get a commit. So get yeah, up, take that for what it's worth. That's something. Nah. <laughs> I mean, he, he did tweet that out. I, I, you know, was, I, I, okay. I, all right. Here comes three star transfer guy <laughs> uh, from somewhere. Uh, okay. Know. Okay. Okay. We get it. But that happened. We, we can make this show for everyone, Gabe, not just the people that want Scott Satterfield gone. Um, so that happened. I, you know, I, I think what, what I was kind of saying at the beginning is I do think that there's like, Vince Sauron knows that he's going to have to actually sit down and talk with some people and make a decision. I, I don't know what that decision is going to be. I still lean to, you know, Scott's coming back next year, but I think that there's actually conversations happening that previously he never even thought he was going to have, which you can take that for what it's worth, what that means to you. It definitely feels like it definitely feels like we're not at, Oh, this is going to happen. But if like the momentum was going somewhere, it was, it is towards, Hey, this might happen. Yeah. I think Um, that's good. But we still, there's still a lot that needs to, to be figured out. Um, So, you know, uh, this has been quite a a carousel, Uh, you know, they're still going to be what, how many, how many more, I mean, Notre Dame has to figure themselves out. Oklahoma still has to make a hire. Oklahoma still has to make a hire. So there's going to be two high-profile people uh, that are going to make moves, and that will that will make ripples on themselves behind. Virginia them. Tech made a hire today, right? Duke still has to make a hire. Um, am I forgetting anyone of any significance? Yeah, Duke has to make a hire. You know, maybe maybe there's a guy from um, you know from that area that they'd be interested in. Um, bringing, <laughs> bringing aboard. Um, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> you want to talk about basketball? Let's now. talk about basketball. Let's talk about basketball, Chris. Okay. I, I want to talk about basketball. Um, let's talk about the Baja Bullies. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Um, Louisville basketball. Let me let me say, Chris. Going into this weekend, this 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 uh, Bahama Mar tournament. Um, if I had told you, if I had like asked you to like the percentage chance that they go, you know, Owen to one and one and two and oh, what would you have given? What would you have given two and oh? Um, 25%, 50, okay. one and one, 25%, Owen oh and two. Okay. I was, and that's probably me being more optimistic than most fans. I feel, <laughs> um, I, I think given the way that they were playing in some of those games, you, you definitely would have had some fans like, Oh yeah. 10% chance. They, um, they do anything. Um, so, yeah. you know, definitely a, a very impressive weekend, a win over Mississippi state. That was just incredibly dominant. Uh, a win over Maryland that was dominant on the glass, the most dominant win they've had over uh, Louisville has had over a power five opponent in um, recruiting mar- or rebounding margin since the eighties. I read. Yeah, that was insane. Um, like it was like plus 28, I think and rebounding margin. Um, yeah. 
So, uh, and listen, Louisville is, is by no means a perfect basketball team. Still plenty of things to work on. Chris Mack got back to work today. Um, you know, they are headed tomorrow to play Michigan state at Michigan state in East Lansing. Um, Chris, what do you feel like, what do you feel like is the status of the team as any of the, you know, do you feel validated by just some of your preseason expectations feel validated or, um, are you, are you, are you, can, what are you concerned about long-term? Uh, still getting there, still work in progress. Um, I was really, people can look at it two different ways, I guess, but I was really encouraged that Louisville had to lean on their defense for extended periods times yes. of the game and they still found a way to win the game. Um, seven minute scoring droughts, eight minute scoring droughts. I think they had two of those really significant scoring drags, droughts, both in the first and second half against Maryland. And they found a way to win a game where they had to be just that much tougher than the opponent. And that's something that we haven't seen very often in the Chris Mack era. So that was extremely, extremely encouraging to me. That was, makes me very excited, man. Um, you know, Louisville has to shoot better. That is going to continue. Matt Cross has to be more of a score, consistent score. He has to make open shots. I thought the offense at times ran the way it should, um, you know, created open shots and and guys just weren't making them, knocking them down. Um, I was encouraged by Malik Williams. Looked the best that he's looked in a long time. Was a defensive stalwart for Louisville throughout the game. So there were a lot of things that I was extremely encouraged about at the same time. Maryland is Maryland. I think they're probably a NCAA tournament team, but probably a seven, six seed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're a, you know, a great team. I think Michigan state's kind of in that same realm where they're, I think they're a good team, not a great team, but winning these games means something being the best of a good team means right. something you're growing, you're learning. Um, so, you know, I was, I was extremely encouraged. Wobble's five and one after not having or four and one, I guess, after not having their head coach um, for an extended period of time, you're going to take that every day. I mean, I, you know, the Furman game, you wish could have went a different way, but I'm excited. I think Louisville's going to win in Michigan State tomorrow. And I, I think they're about to go on a run here um, before the Kentucky game. Let's, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk up. about that. Um, I, I, I can't agree more with you, especially on the Malik Williams point. Uh, Dre Davis as well was, you know, a, a great part of that. It, it There were times, like you said, where this thing was really humming, especially that first half uh, of, of the Mississippi State, probably the first 30 minutes of the Mississippi State game. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, crash on a team that they were up by 25, 30 points and they kind of let off the gas. Um, knowing they got to put, you know, they're in the Bahamas, it's Thanksgiving, they, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to really dunk on them for that, um, for only really winning by 14 points. Um, but they looked pretty fantastic, the, for the vast majority of that game. And that was really felt like, um, this is what this offense is supposed to look like. And they still only shot seven of 22, uh, from three and, you know, 13 of 22, um, I'm sorry. And, and 19 of 41 from, from two. Um, so, you know, it's going to be very interesting, uh, you know, and, and Maryland, I, I think was more what you're talking about, especially that first half, they just, they had so many open looks, the shot, the shot quality was incredibly high. Um, it was really interesting to Chris Max say, you know, he wanted to pick the pace back up, uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, we, we've joked so much about what is, uh, you know, what is this Ross McMain's Chris Mack relationship going to be like? And just to hear him, you know, kind of right away, like, you know, I, I wanted to push the pace more and we slowed things down in those two games. Um, you know, Louisville, uh, 
uh, they're 114th in adjusted tempo um, right now. Um, you know, so much, much higher than what they were last season, but you know, they just, they want to go even faster. Um, do, where were you on the guard play before we talk about Michigan state? Where, where are you on guard play? Cause I know we've talked about that so much. Um, you are, you are my, my number one uh, L Ellis uh, disciple. <laughs> Um, how do it's, you feel I mean, about it, that rotation and where we are? It's good. Not great. Jarrett West had some moments. He had some really good moments. Against, yeah. against um, you know, Maryland. He made some good plays, offensive plays. The constant battle, I think, is just going to be, you know, playing West and playing Ellis together, but knowing you're missing Noah Locke when right. you do that. Mm-hmm. And then if you take one of them off, knowing that you're either missing a guy on defense, who is probably your best defender, or you're missing L. Ellis, who can probably unlock the offense the most in the half court when right. when you kind of need to. Um, I don't know if this team's going to be a guard driven team, which is going to feel kind of really weird for Louisville fans. Um, outside of Noah Locke, it, there aren't many. Uh, there aren't a lot of guys that can create their own shot at the consistent level that are going to play. I think Ellis can be that guy. I think he can create a shot at his consistent level, but his defense is just not there. It's not there. No. To where you're, you know, so, I mean, it's just a juggling act. You want to play, ideally, you would want to play Ellis and, you know, Jarrett West together and have L. Ellis have the shot of Noah Locke, but you don't have that. So you, you kind of have to juggle those things. Um, and that's constantly what we're going to be doing throughout the season. So there was a few moments in that Maryland game. I even texted one of my group texts and I was like, I, I just, I don't see it with Jared West. I just I, like, in terms of, you know, he, he was getting beat by fats wrestle. Um, and I'm just like, this is just going to happen over and over and over again in ACC play. And then he really stepped it up from that point forward. He played yeah. so much better. He, he makes a lot of in-game adjustments like throughout the game. He, he improves at the game. And I, and I love seeing that. Uh, he definitely is a high IQ basketball player. Um, I, I feel really good about that, you know, long-term. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Like you said, you know, to see what the, you know, um, you know, to see how that, you know, evolves and such. And and I, I think you're absolutely right. I think L Ellis has the highest ceiling still in a lot of ways, but that defense, you're right. I, he really struggled on defense in a lot of situations. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, like it, when I look at some of the numbers that I look at, I'll just keep at that because saying the numbers out here gets a little too expansive and nerdy and I don't want to do all that. But when I look at some of the numbers that I look at, Louisville's defense actually grades out really well, actually grades out a lot higher than I thought they would, because after, you know, the Detroit game and some of the other games, I, I thought it would, I thought it was the main issue on this team, but it really hasn't been the main issue. Yeah, they're team. 16th in a, in, in Ken Palm adjusted. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they've been pretty, pretty good at that, but the problem is when you take Jared West on the floor, off the floor, I do feel like their entire intensity on that end of the floor goes down. And I don't really know, you know, what you have to do to kind of fix that. It would be nice if you could do that because at times I would love to see, you know, just, just him go off the floor for five minutes and, and mobile to be able to sustain that same type of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd like to see Louisville experience around with three guard lineups in certain situations where they felt that they didn't weren't going to get dominated size wise. If you could play Noah Locke at the three, uh, that's pretty small. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it would make them pretty tough to defend. 
So there are still some things that are going to be tinkered with probably all the way up to January, honestly, with this team, especially now that you have Mac back. But I, I think um, Jalen Withers has to be more consistent. Yes. I, I, I was about to mention Jalen Withers. That's the um, most pressing issue right now, right? The guard play is what it is. What it is. It can, the guard play can be what it is right now. Mobile can be okay. Definitely. But that him funneling in and out of games can't happen. And I want, I really do. I, that's the one guy I'm really hoping that Chris Mack, I'm sure Chris Mack sees it as well. And um, I'm really looking forward to, you know, how does he respond in this game where I think he's got a real opportunity, um, you know, uh, in, in, against uh, Michigan State. You know, I, I think it could be a good opportunity for him to kind of break out on a good stage. Um, I, I'm sure Chris Mack is, is you know, telling him that. And um, so I, I'm really interested to see, see how he does. But you're absolutely right. It's It's been such a weird like he played, um, you know, he played pretty well against um you know, he played pretty well against Mississippi state, but that's like, that was like his best game of the year so far. Uh, 14, or, you know, he had 14 points against Furman, um, 11 points against uh, Mississippi state. And then um, still only like three rebounds, um, 11 rebounds against Maryland, which is nice. Uh, nine rebounds against Furman. Um, it's he has picked it up on the backboard, but it just seems like he continuously like, he goes in and out of games to where it's like six or seven minute stretches. You're like, man, Jalen's really good. And then, and then the rest of the game, you don't even know he's on the floor. Yeah. He just disappears. He just And disappears. they can't, they can't have that out of him. You just can't have a talent like him consistently show up and be nothing because I, I think Jalen can be a back end of the first round type guy. Right. I think all the skill in the world is there for him to be that good. But at the same time, if he's just going to be floating around the perimeter, taking a ball screen and just shooting and contested, contested three, he can't play. Yeah. He got pulled to end the Maryland game. And it was probably the decision that decided the game. Uh-huh. They put Matt cross in and he did Matt cross things made <laughs> gritty white dude, basketball white plays. Asshole, yeah. Plays, baby. Yeah. And, and it, <laughs> it helped make the difference, but <laughs> They need more from him. They just do. And I don't know what the key is to figuring that out, but that's probably the biggest challenge for Chris Mack. Sam Williamson was great against Mississippi State. Was bad. Was okay. <laughs> okay was, against Maryland. Was, yeah. There, there was some bad plays. It was, but he's still, he's, he's, he's still been a really good rebounder for Louisville. And even that's if what he doesn't, he needs to be. Yeah. yeah. Even if he doesn't collect the rebounds, he's like on the glass and he's giving consistent effort and he's being felt in that that's what he needs to really do. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the things that I'm thinking right now. What about, uh, so we've got this big game against Michigan state. What do you, what do you think about what you, you know, you, you, you feel pretty good about Louisville. What about this game is, uh, you know, enticing to you, what you, you had a great thread um, earlier today talking about sort of, you know, kind of what, what Michigan state does well, but you know, what's uh, you know, give us, give us the, the 32nd um, analysis of what Louisville fans might be interested in looking for. And I feel great about it as long as Louisville's not going to just fall in love with the three point line, because Michigan state is going to run Louisville off the three line. They're not going to be able to get the cleanest looks that they enjoy. But outside of that, they're probably going to be able to score anywhere else on the floor. Um, If they speed the game up, 
to a this is like a this is like a game that if we were playing at home, I'd be telling you that Louisville could win by 15 points. <laughs> I, I and that's that's not like because I'm in love with Louisville or you know I'm a fan of the way they're playing. I'm pretty excited about it. I just don't think Michigan State's very good. If the, if Louisville can speed this game up and run, which Michigan State wants to do, that's Michigan State basketball. It's what they've done under Tom Izzo. Right. I think they're going to have a lot of success because. Michigan State is a very bad transition defense. Um, you know, the way they've been rebounding here lately has me encouraged. And if they bring that same rebounding effort against Michigan State, I think that's good enough. So, yeah, I mean, it feels weird to say, but I feel really, really encouraged going to East Lansing against a Michigan, Michigan State team in a primetime game. I'm, I'm excited to watch them. I think they'll, I think they'll win, and I think they're the better team. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun. It's going to be a really fun game. I, I'm super excited. Um, you know, I, I'm right there with you. You you're talking about pace and stuff. I just Michigan State just has some of these dudes. You, what's this guy's name? You know, he, a fellow Gabe Gabe Browns. How you said? Mm-hmm. Hey, come on, like, like just, that guy ain't nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like <laughs> no, I mean they just don't have like. I've watched a lot of them not on purpose. I just have, and they don't really have a guy that can consistently score for them. Right. So they're going to be a team that is going to go inevitably on a scoring drought against Louisville. And I think Louisville is pretty well suited to take advantage of that. They didn't do that against Maryland, but I think there were a lot of reasons why that happened and, you know, kind of getting that game out of the way and winning that game the way they had to, was a really, really good like precursor for how Definitely. they have to kind of win this game. I think. Definitely. It, it, I, we haven't even mentioned it, you know, in regards to this Maryland game, but that was just like uh, such an effort game. Like Louisville just fought. So, so it, it, it was not a lack of fighting. They fought back over and over and over again. And, you know, I, I have confidence for them to do that in a hostile environment. You know, I think there's the one thing about getting some transfers in is you've got dudes that have played um, in tough environments, in tough road game situations. It's not like you're, you, you're dealing with newcomers um, to the team, but you're not dealing with newcomers to that type of setting. Um, I'm very interested in seeing how guys like um, Nolak and Jared West and, and Matt Cross kind of, kind of play in this, in this setting. It's going to be, it's going to be a really cool environment. And um, um, I, I, I definitely feel like Louisville can, can, can do some, do some interesting things for sure. Jalen Withers is on the promo promote pro, like poster that they're sending out. Okay. So there okay. you go. There you go. The, uh, we'll, the, we'll keep the Jalen Withers game. Well, the Jalen Withers game. I would love for it to be the Jalen Withers game. Um, would, would absolutely thoroughly enjoy that. Um, what you had, what was your prediction you had on here? I have your, I have your, your, your thing. I think you said like 74 or, or uh, 72 to 63, I think is what you said. Yeah. Lobo in the low seventies and then Michigan 71, 64. In the mid sixties. That sounds right. I'll say, I'll say Louisville, say Louisville 73, Michigan state 68. There you go. Um, yeah. And then after that, they get NC state at NC state, um, which you, you know, uh, they've got that dude that's just like scoring like 25 points a game. Yeah. Some random dude who I've never heard of. I saw that today. I have no idea who that dude is, but he's balling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so good for him. Uh, the, I feel like there's probably going to be a weird game in here. 
Who do we have? DePaul, NC State, Southeast Louisiana, and then Kentucky. There's nobody else. No, uh, Michigan State, NC State, DePaul, South, then Western Kentucky. The Western Kentucky. Ah, that's, that's the game. That's our yeah. weird game. That's, that's our weird the game. game. Louisville's 100 percent losing that game. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> We the said, Jack we said, game, baby. Yeah, it's we Jack said Carlo. that. And now it, now it just feels more pressing because Lowell's going to get some momentum and they're just going to have a game to where nothing works. And that's that's it right there. And diddle. <laughs> God, we're well established for losing that game. Oh, man. I, I have this next game on. And uh, I just I really encourage everyone to really look at what um, what Spike Lee is wearing. It's uh, it's, it's a... <laughs> It's a pink suit, and he's wearing uh, what appears to be a satchel or a merce, if you'd like to call it that. And I think there's a basketball inside of the merce. Um, I have a feeling this is if someone was writing about how uh, how now the late Virgil Abloh designed a lot of uh, his suits recently. I have a feeling this may have been one of those suits, which is maybe why he's wearing it. Um, so respect to that. Syracuse uh, wins by two in triple overtime. Triple overtime should have been like quadruple. Uh, 112 to 110. So big win for the ACC, which we haven't mentioned. It would be nice to see the ACC do well in this ACC Big Ten challenge. No. Yes, I saw the the rush the court guys were like, "Oh, what a dismal week for the ACC." And like, <laughs> Dude, they're so da- they're so down on the conference. It's it's amazing. Louisville, uh, like, well, Louisville did like really well uh, in their games. Like the only bright spot was Louisville. Uh, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, other games in this. What we've got, um. Duke Duke at Ohio State. That's like about to tip off, right? Yeah, it's going on right now. Okay, it's going on right now. Purdue beat Florida State ninety-three to sixty-five. So that train continues to row. I'm going to be in a weird spot with Purdue this year, man. You're, You're such a fan. You're such a Purdue fan. I've been on them the last two years and I've just been too early. And now I'm so scared to get back on that wagon. So yeah, that's, that's going to be fun. Um, I don't know. You got anything else? No, I don't think, I don't think so. Um, You know, Chris, it was, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what's going on. If anything happens in this uh, Scott Satterfield deal, uh, we will, we'll definitely break in. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what's happening. We need to, we need to do like a non-game related Twitter space. We keep we say that. How many times have we said that? Yeah, just like a <laughs> random weekday Twitter space to gauge the the fan base. Definitely, definitely. So we'll we'll get on that. We'll figure that out. Maybe maybe after this game, you know, uh, tomorrow, yeah, or beginning of next week, something like that. So, all right, guys, thanks so much for as always. So we will, you know, we'll. We'll, we'll reach out if, if, if something's going on and uh, go cards tomorrow night and over this weekend, for sure. Let's, let's uh, get a few more dubs and uh, make, make the pains of the pigskin season melt away. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Thanks, Chris, as always. And thanks everyone. Have a good one. Go cards. Go cards.